Welcome back to the Pursuit of Property podcast. We have our season two finale here with Michael Zuber, author, investor, uh, mentor. So Michael, thanks for coming on the podcast. Scott and Kate, thank you, uh, thank you for having me. It's quite the honor to be on the show and to be the final guest of season two is something I won't forget. So thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. Um, Kate and I are super excited. We were talking with you a little bit before the podcast started. Uh, we've spent the last, uh, you know, couple months, especially the last two seasons, really trying to give first-time investors the tools that they need to uh, get their first property. And so, at this point, um, we feel like we've done a decent job at arming them with the right tools for their tool belt. But we kind of wanted to put it together because you've actually created a book. You have it trending on Amazon. It's easily accessible for anybody listening. Um, but we wanted to talk to you about your story so that people can be inspired to take that first leap. Can you tell us a little bit about um, what got you into real estate, even though you had a nine to five job, it sounded like it was pretty stable? Yeah, so my story with real estate really begins on my 30th birthday. So if we just take color of my 20s, I did what the rat race told me, right? I went to school, I got a good education, I graduated, I got a good job, went back, got a master's degree, an MBA, and I was climbing the corporate ladder. You know, by the age of 30, I was already quote unquote successful. Successful meant I was employed, I'd gotten raises, I was mid-level management, made a couple of hundred grand a year. But in reality, I was, you know, if you've read The Millionaire Next Door, I wasn't doing very well because I spent every penny, right? I'm sure I spent 100 to 105% of whatever was my net. I did really stupid things like in my early 20s buying a $40,000 car when I made like 25 grand. I mean, I made all kinds of mistakes. And it was, I never thought about the, I mean, I thought about the future, but I, I just thought I was gonna work for 50 years, right? Or work 40 years uh, to live on 40%, right? And I just didn't know any different. And then I read Rich Dad Poor Dad and it changed my life. Um, Rich Dad Poor Dad, you know, gets you fired up, changed my mindset. But I got to the end of it and went, huh, I don't know what to do next. So I read it again. I'm like, I must have missed it, right? Because it talks about real estate. It talks about a condo in, in Oregon and in, in hers in Hawaii or no, the other way around. His in Hawaii, hers in Oregon. And I'm like, well, I read it again and there's nothing how to. So I spent a good part of a year buying books on real estate and realizing that, you know what? I was going to try to be a landlord. Uh, I had tried to be a day trader, um, didn't work out. It worked for a while and then didn't. And I really had no grand plan. I just knew I was going to get one. Mm -hmm. So I wasted a year because all the books that I read said invest 30 minutes from home. Mm -hmm. Right? I live in the Silicon Valley. I was working in tech. I was traveling on airplanes all the freaking time. And, you know, I didn't have any time. Uh, but ultimately, after a year of wasting Sundays looking at, you know, that magic streets in, in the Bay Area, nothing happened. We pulled out a California map. And as you both know, we drew circles until we found Fresno, California. <laughs> so Fresno, California is two and a half hours from my house, 101, 152, 99. It's a, it's a simple but two and a half hour drive one way. So five hour day just to go see one house. Right? Mm -hmm. Got to be committed. Um, so we did. We, we drove down. We didn't know anybody. We had no network, no contacts. Nobody in our family had ever done real estate. But I remember we found 1818 Norris Drive East, which I, I challenge people to go look up on Zillow. We bought it for 107 and it rented for 1100. 
And I remember leaving that house and Olivia making me pull over. We just left Fresno. So she said, pull over. And she goes, why aren't you making an offer? I'm like, honey, we only saw one house. But she's like, I have been doing this every weekend for 52 weeks. Either you write an offer on that house or I'm done. I'm like, ooh, I better call that agent, write an offer. So we didn't know any difference. We wrote a full price offer. We put 20% down. We were wildly excited. We got our first rental. Um, as you both know, you've heard me tell the story of my first tenant. It didn't end up very well, that first tenant. Uh, but the journey with the house was great. Right? If you went to Zillow and you looked it up, it goes from 107, we sell it at 265. We take all that equity, roll it into a multifamily building that we still own to today. And you know that, that one house was the beginning of ultimately what was financial freedom, right? We have both, my wife and I have both been retired myself for about two and a half years and almost three, and she's been out six years. So it's 100% because of rental properties and specifically rental properties in Fresno, California. Awesome. I, I want to rewind a little bit too, because um, mm -hmm. you're talking about drawing the circles on the map um, and then narrowing it down to Fresno. What other um, you know factors went into you guys, went into you guys picking Fresno? Because I know we have a lot of people asking us, you know, mm -hmm. where should I go? What do I need to be looking for? Yeah. So again, I can only answer the question what we did way back yeah. when, and, and the good. answer was we wanted a big city, right? We didn't want small towns, and but small towns, you know, sub fifty thousand. We had okay. seen towns that basically are one employer towns get smoked. Uh, we wanted infrastructure. We wanted multiple. Uh, industries and um, you know being centrally located was 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 a plus right you are essentially right trucking always makes sense from Fresno right you're you can yeah. do daily drives to either LA or the Bay Area so that's what made sense what we come to realize is Fresno is bigger than Sacramento which not many people realize Fresno is now a million people uh, Fresno has had tremendous infrastructure I believe Fresno is going to be a bedroom community uh, I believe it's going to grow for the next decade or so uh, so I'm ecstatic about what's coming, but why Fresno? It was big. Um, you could live there on a $50,000 income, even back in 2000. Uh, and we thought it was pretty safe, right? It was 107 grand for a house where, where I lived, that house would have been 800 grand, you know, back in 03. So, you right. know, the, my downside was pretty well protected. I thought. Yeah. So um, it's funny because you brought up that you, you read books for a year. Mm -hmm. I, I fear that somebody listening to our podcast might be doing the same thing. What was the first step that took you out of listening and learning and into searching and finding? Well, I had started searching almost immediately, but, but it was searching badly. Okay. Right. Cause like this, cause I read rich dad, poor dad. I read it again. It doesn't tell you how. So I read all kinds of other books. Like there's a book by Gary Keller called The Real, the Millionaire Real Estate Investor, I think. It's uh -huh. blue and white, whatever it is. And I read that and I'm like, okay, I get it. He tells me how. Basically the how for me was 30 minutes from home or 45 minutes. So that's what we did, right? So we were looking right away. Um, I knew I was a conservative investor. So I knew it had to cash flow. A lot of people in the Bay Area bet on appreciation and they, they do negative cash flow and they sell it in 10 years and make the big pop. Never was that guy. Um, I'd already lost hundreds of thousands of dollars in the stock market. I wasn't going to do that again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I was ready to go immediately, right? My backyard, positive cash flow, 20% down. It just didn't happen for a year. And it was, it was, I mean, I, I'm one of the people that have just beat on it, right? Just over and over and over. And after 52 weeks at the wife's like, okay, honey, I'm tired. <laughs> we got to do something different. Yeah. So that was really the answer. Gotcha. 
what I mean, and what would you say for maybe the newer investors who are kind of, I mean, uh, some term it kind of like the analysis paralysis, right? And mm-hmm. uh, kind of afraid to take that next step. I know a lot of people have reached out to Scott and I, um, and they're like, hey, you know, I, I've been looking, I've been researching, you know, I've been running my numbers, but, you know, I, I'm scared to take that jump. What, yeah. what, would you say, what would you say to those newer investors? Or, well, I got sort of like two that. answers, Kate. Yeah. First and foremost, what I teach, talk about, mentor on is you only have to answer. If you're going to be a buy and hold one rental at a time person, mm-hmm. there's only mm-hmm. one question that matters. And that is what is an average deal in your market? So what I tell new investors all the time, I mean, that's who I talk to all the time, is Mm -hmm. you need to look at your market 10 to 20 minutes a day, every day. And by right around day 45, day 60, you're going to understand what average is. And let's be clear what I mean by average deal. Uh, I believe every market has an average yield, right? Down payment, make ready, rent minus cost, all of that, that ends up in a yield. I'm in Fresno, you're in Fresno. The yield in Fresno is 6% today. 2010, it was 15 right? 6% is okay for me, but 6% is not a great number for you two, right? You want more. Hence you go to other areas. But so I don't pick markets. I don't judge markets. I don't do any of that. But if you're going to invest in a market, you need to spend 10 to 20 minutes a day, every day for no more than 60 days, no more. And by the end of 60 days, you're going to know what average is. And just like I can tell you Fresno six, you'll tell me um, uh, South Bend is 11. Great. I don't care. It's 11. So what? Now what you do, once you know average, your only job, only job is to do good or great deals. So what is a good or great deal? South Bend, good might be 12, 12 and a half. Great might be 15. When you get that mindset, it is empowering because no matter what happens in a market, 98% or less listed properties, available properties are either bad, meaning less than 11% in South Bend or are 11% in South Bend. And in my model, you don't do those. Once you learn average, you only do good or great. Uh, And now I've helped over a thousand people realize that that's the key question. All the other nonsense doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's figure out what average is. Once you are done the research and know average, you just, you're, because what happens, right? If you're significant other, you want to do it, your significant other doesn't. But if you spend 60 days, you could tell them, hey, South Bend's 11%, honey, but I just found a 13 And oh, by the way, honey, here's a list of 112 properties I've looked at and they're all 11, but this is 13. What do you think? It's just a great way to build confidence, belief, um, and it's empowering, right? You feel so much better writing an offer on a 13th than guessing. So that's what I teach. It's the only question that matters. Yeah. Can you you talk to us a little bit? I mean, we talked about your book, uh, One Rental at a Time, currently trending on Amazon. It has been for years. Um, you're getting to the point where it has similar recognition as some of these bigger books. Hmm. Um, the concept of this wasn't as much of a how-to book as much as it is a story. And Absolutely. it talks about your story. Can you tell us kind of the concept of One Rental at a Time? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. Because, you know, when I, when I retired in 18, 2018, February, I needed something to do, right? And I was so dangerously close to going back to getting a job. It would have been a failure, frankly. But I realized we had a story to tell. Because when I went back and I researched all the books that I've read, none of them was a story about someone like me. What do I mean by that? I came from nothing, right? I was um, food insecure. 
uh, housing insecure growing up. Money was a stressor in my life. I paid for my own college. Um, I got married at 19, right? I didn't have many things going for me, but yet I was able to do it. And I was able to do it while holding a demanding full-time job that could have me on three continents in a week. So I had to write that down. So again, I write the book from a perspective of you've just finished Rich Dad, Poor Dad, now what? So I write the whole story. I write the good and the bad. I write about the, the, the first tenant horror story that almost took us out of the business. I write about a hammer story where a tenant took a hammer to a wall. Um, I write about the good, buying an apartment building, no money down, right? I, I share it all. And again, remember, I'm in the market 2002. We ride it all the way up. We 1031 into apartments, it crashes. Then I go to a bank and I go, hey, six-figure income, seven-figure net worth. Uh, I want to buy some real estate. And they go, nope. Like, what can we do? I wanted to buy properties in 2010. I'm hoping 2010 is the best time ever to buy, right? Because I was so there was so much blood in the streets, but no banks would lend me. So what am I supposed to do? Well, I figure out private money from nowhere. So it's all in the book, but you're right. It's not a how-to book. It does have 21 lessons learned and things like that, but it's written to create belief and confidence. That was the goal when I wrote the book is I want somebody to read it and go, hey, he had nothing special. You know, nobody in his family gave him anything. He has no real estate experience. He chose a market he's never lived in, had no boots on the ground. I mean, there are so many things that could have gone wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's what it is. It's just that story, the good and the bad. I'm curious, do you have a uh, favorite success story from someone who's picked up your book and read it and reached out on how uh, it's affected them or inspired them? Yeah, actually, if you go to my YouTube channel, One Rental at a Time, it's actually, I've, it's a featured video. There's a gentleman named Millennial Mike. Uh, he's a police officer in Seattle or I don't know, Seattle, Washington somewhere. And uh, he talks about how the book inspired him, how he now, I just talked to him the other day. He's got four houses. Uh, one in Seattle, three in um, Indiana, Gary, Indiana, I think. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of stories. I have a playlist of students. Mm -hmm. I have a Facebook group of students doing deals. It is, I mean, the highlight of my week these days is hearing from, from people who took action. Yeah. Because again, if you follow what I teach, it's not hard, but it's also not the easy button. What did I tell you earlier? You have to do something repetitive every day for 30 to 45 days. Yeah. Most people aren't wired to do that. They want, this is what most people tell me. You know what, Michael? I'm going to give you three hours every Saturday. No, motherfucker. I said 10 to 20 minutes a day. That's not three hours on Saturday. You do three hours on Saturday, you're going to miss something. Mm -hmm. I want 20, 10 to 20 minutes a day, like a freaking hammer, right? Mm -hmm. Right? If I've done it, uh, every day for 20 years, you can do it every day for 60 days. Yeah, I was about to ask. So you and I uh, go back a little bit more and you and I have, you and I uh, have a relationship where I helped represent you on some purchases. Sure did. Every single day you'd send me questions or properties to get yeah. answers on. Yeah. And we did it and we wrote, I don't remember the exact number. I think it was 78 offers. Mm -hmm. And every day you were sending me properties. And at that point you were retired. You yep. had a healthy portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> Active amount of agents that would want to work with you. Yeah, you are still doing it. Um, I think there's something that people need to understand that um, there's value in you being somebody who wrote the book, but you're not one of these gurus who says, 
come pay me and I'll show you how to do it. You still are in the market yeah. and you're still doing it. And I think that's a really important thing. And I hope people listening to this podcast are inspired to buy the book um, and get Thank to you. listen to it or read it. Um, you should do an audiobook, but yeah, so it. There, it is there. It's on audible, audible.com. Um, oh, really? It is. Oh. It is. Um, what, what I would say is since I've retired, we have uh-huh. added, I think it's 35 or 36 doors. Uh, we've paid off 20 ish and we've, we've added flipping. I think we've now done 57 flips. Wow. Right? I am in the business. This helping this coaching, this YouTube thing is, is something I'm done with by nine 30 most days AM. Cause I get up early, dude. I was up at four 30 this morning. Um, but again, I'm, I'm in bed by 10, 15. So, I mean, it, it goes both ways, but, uh, I am a doer. I, um, I do the YouTube channel cause I thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, we're almost at 12,000 subscribers now do a daily show called daily financial news. It's all to give back. I'm in this, I am in it every day. I have, I do a show every Sunday where I talk about my weekly goals. Again, dude, I'm hammering this every week, every freaking week. Um, mm-hmm. and again, it's all there, man. I, I don't hide anything, the good or the bad. Yeah. That leads me to a question I had. I want, I want to go a little bit out of order since we're talking about it already. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about the stuff you're doing now, right? Still sure. actively in the business, um, helping out these newer investors with mm-hmm. everything on your YouTube and your book. What are your goals now? I mean, you're retired, you're, mm-hmm. you're still active in the business like we were talking about, but what are your goals? Yeah. So, I mean, if, if I'm going to go from memory, right? I do a goal show every Sunday. I just did it last week. Mm-hmm. So I have, I break my life again. It's embarrassing. I break my life like this. So the first set of goals are physical, right? I'm, I'm older than you guys by, I mean, shoot, my daughter is older than you too. So that just tells you how old I am uh, or thereabouts. Um, so first is physical, right? I want to work out six or seven days a week. Uh, I ha- I'm trying to stay close to a diet. So I'm tracking all of that. I'm sharing those data for me. Cause that's, for me, that's how long I can do this, right? I got to keep this body relatively healthy. Mm-hmm. Then I go into um, social media, meaning the one rental at a time brand. How many subscribers have I added in a week? How many videos views did I get? How many Instagram followers, right? I'm just tracking my impact. Then I talk about the business and I talk about our whole portfolio. I have a goal to increase my cash flow $1,500 every 13 weeks, every quarter, right? It's every 13 weeks, a new set of goals. Then I have the flipping business, buying and selling. Um, then I have uh, what I call belief, right? How many books sold? How many courses? You know, just all of those things. So um, again, I think it's important. I don't, I don't like just throwing goals up. I want to throw goals up and then I want to break down actions. And then I want to track the actions because if the actions are correct, the goals will just happen. Yeah. I think saying yeah. I want to be a millionaire sounds good. But unless you're going to break that down to me by saying, you know, I'm going to read in one book a week or whatever the items are for you, those are more interesting. That's how, you know, because again, I was a sales leader for 20 years and you never get somebody to hit quota by talking about quota. You talk about the actions and the activities that go into making quota. And then as a leader, you're just, you're just pivoting on the variables. Like you're not making enough cold calls, right? Your, your funnel up front is small, but your pipeline is big. You're eventually going to starve those kinds of things. Yeah. Well, how does that affect it? Maybe we can talk about that a little bit. Sure. Um, you know, Kate and I set goals for our podcast and we, we said that it was going to be based off of action. And so we spent this whole time watching that, but for somebody who's listening and who's has the goal of getting their first rental. Yeah. 
let's try helping them out a little bit and talking about maybe some of the steps Perfect. actions we could do. I do this all the time. So from memory, right? So the first thing I would, I would ask them is what's your market? Pick a city. Too big. You got to get focused. So the first thing you got to, and we'll just use Fresno because all three of us know Fresno, right? Okay. So if you come to me and say Fresno, not good enough. You come to me and say Fresno Mayfair District, getting better, right? 93703. Close. But there's still big variability in 703. So if you come to me and say Fresno, Mayfair District, three bedroom, two bath, two car garage, one story between 1,250 and 1,500 square feet, bingo. Because now you put that in a realtor or a Zillow or whatever search and you just bang that search every day. Okay. That's step one. Then what you need to do is you need to bang that search every day and you need to track and I do it in paper. If you want to do it in Excel or whatever, go for it. But you need to track what's coming in, what's coming out, what's going up, what's going down, what, just to see what's going on. Because what you need to become by day 60 is you need to know Fresno, Mayfair, three bedroom, two bath homes between 12 and 1500 square feet better than 99% of the agents in the market. Because what will happen on day 60 is you will see a new listing come up and it, intuitively, you'll go, that's an average deal, that's a good, or that's a great deal. It's just so empowering. But step number one is not saying, I'm going to buy a rental in Fresno. Step one is not, I'm going to buy a rental in Fresno in the Mayfair District. It's not saying, I'm going to buy a single family home in Fresno. It is, I'm going to buy a single family home in Fresno, the Mayfair District, between this size and this size. Mm. Right? Okay. That's where most people get it wrong. Focus. Most people go... 50 directions, but they end up going an inch at a time. You don't get anywhere. I want you to be hyper, hyper focused and consistent. And then what you could do to track your goals is how many days did you look? And what I want you to write down is on Monday, there were 17 listings. Tuesday, 18. Wednesday, 16. Thursday, 16, right? Write them down. What are they at? What changed? This one came on. This one came off. And you're going to get a flow, a pulse, because again, you guys know, you get a listing as an agent in Mayfair 3-2, what do you do? Well, you go look at the ARV, you go see what the numbers are, right? You come up with a number that's within five grand of everything else. But what you do is when you find good or great deals, is you find mispriced properties, right? Yes. You find stuff that's a little off. Maybe it's close to the corner, so it doesn't have the same, I don't know, owner-occupant thing, or maybe it's an ugly paint color. I mean, who knows? But that's, that's what people need to do. Mm. hyper-focus daily and track your improvements. And by day 60, you're going to be empowered. So would you say, is that the biggest mistake that you see people make is not being as hyper-focused as they need to be? Yeah. Most people waste time. Most people are spending, actually most, most full-time employees are spending too much time on real estate. I am deadly serious. If you are spending more than 20 minutes a day, you're doing it wrong. Really? You're just doing it wrong. Yeah, because you're going to get, you're going to, I mean, come on. Can you really compare a three bedroom, two bath house in Fresno with Clovis? Can you spare, can you compare a three bedroom, two bath with Old Fig Garden and Lowell District? Yeah. You guys know this, but if you're just fucking looking all over the place, you're going to, you're, you're going to be confused and you're only going to, I mean, in that example, you're going to focus on Lowell. Why? Because it's cheaper, but yeah. that's probably not a great answer for most people. Yeah. Yeah. That's really helpful because I think a lot of people, just like you said, they go at a snail's pace in a bunch of directions. And I think one of the yeah. things that you've shown people is that if you pick one form of investing to begin with, yeah. and you do it for 17 years, hyper-focused, yeah. you become financially free with a portfolio. And then 
after doing it for some time, now you're, you're branching off, you do, you know, some flipping, sure. you do maybe some Airbnbs, but you've already created a, a strong depth of knowledge in yeah, one it, specific thing. And again, I want people to hear this. This one rental at a time journey and book was 99% out of buying in the MLS. So, you know, Scott, what you and I, what you suffered through with me, 78 offers. <laughs> um, yeah. I've done that for at that time, 17 or 18 years. That's all I did. I, I had no special access, no direct mail, no texting, no wholesalers, nothing. Yeah. I simply looked every goddamn day. I had agents that chose to work with me. I sometimes called the listing agent if it was hot, but that's just what I did. And for people that need to hear this, it, it was not easy. I only represented Michael in, in a handful of transactions and we wrote so many offers. And the reason why was because we never took a bad deal yeah. and we had a lot of opportunities to write bad deals and put them together. But it was helpful that every day we would write an offer every day. We would hear some type of an answer from an offer from a previous day. And we did not open escrow until we bought, we bought two houses on the same transaction. Yep. For a great price, and it was only until then that we pulled the trigger. And so people need to understand that drilling the hammer is not even enough. It's drilling the hammer and having the patience to wait because at some point there might even be a time where they're just wanting to buy. Yeah. And again, the, the times that we were doing it, the market was going up. I promise you, one thing you'll get with one rental at a time is the market is cyclical. If you've only been in the business a year, it feels like the market's going like this, right? This, yeah. I, I tell all my students, everybody follow me. This is the most unusual market. I've written 250 offers this year and gotten nothing. I mean, the market's nuts today. It won't always be that way. I'm on record saying 2021 is when the sellers are going to come back, which will be awesome because then we'll have variability and some inventory. So if you're interested in one rental at a time, now is the time to learn, spend the next 60 to 90 days learning and get ready for February, March, and April because I think you have time to be prepared. If you wait to learn until April, you're going to be behind the curve. You're going to do bad deals or you're going to miss the great ones because people are following me and they'll just scoop them up before you even see them. Yeah. I want to rewind. I, I wanted to make a point on what you guys were talking about because I think a lot of what we see is it goes back to what you were saying, Michael, about 99% of people not having the right mindset to do it. A lot of people are just wanting that instant gratification, right? Mm. Scott, Scott and I were just talking about this um, in the meetup event that we held is putting together and buying a property just for the sake of saying you bought a property <laughs> is, is not, is not the way to go. Right. It, it, oh, it, yeah. Gratification is really tough, especially when you're seeing, you know, your friends in the business and people doing it. And, and you, you know, that like you were saying, prepare now, putting your homework and your research now. And when the time's ready and you're ready to pull the trigger on a good or a great deal, you know, you're going to be making the right decision. Yeah. I mean, you got to put in the work. You just got to put in the work. Um, there, I mean, this is what I would tell. I hear it all the time, just like you guys. Um, I, the, the, the thing that is most scary is like today I hear people say, I had a goal of buying my first rental in 2020. Well, how's it going? Oh, it's terrible. I'm like, yeah, it's a really rough market. It's really tough. I mean, I've only got like four deals done this year. So I understand it's tough. Well, I got to do something now because I have a goal of 2020. No, you don't. You should have a goal of doing a good or great deal. Do you know what that is? No, but I'm just going to buy one. I mean, there's all kinds of listings. I'm going to pick the blue one. I mean, why are you going to pick the blue one? What's wrong with the green one or the pink one or yellow one or whatever? 
no, I'm just going to buy the blue one. It's my favorite color. <laughs> That's not a reason to buy a house. I mean, come on. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of emotions. You know, one of the other, the last things that I, I, I was super curious about, because I don't think I've ever really asked you, mm. is what would you say is the best or biggest influence that changed your life from owning a well-integrated, well-created, you know, uh, real estate portfolio? Time. What people don't realize um, is I might spend 60 minutes a week on my portfolio. That's why I can do YouTube and still work out. That's why I can still coach people. It's because I spend almost no time on my actual existing portfolio. It's we've over the years, we have processes and procedures, checks and balances. So I only get the exceptions. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, it is really true. You can, you can have, you can have your cake and eat it too. If you spend the time and, and do it right. Uh, it is wonderful. It takes time, but it's, it is certainly possible. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I, I think uh, we've expressed a lot of what we really wanted to express when it comes to um, our appreciation for both your mentorship and everybody that's come on. You know, I really strongly recommend anybody listening to this to get one rental at a time, read it and follow your YouTube and your social media. Um, you've been a resource just like a few other people on the podcast who actively goes out of your way to help people. What's uh, outside of obviously your YouTube, what's the best way to get a hold of you or just, you know, hear about what you have to say? Yeah, I would say the YouTube channel is what I focus on doing daily. Uh, I do have an Instagram channel, the same deal, one rental at a time. If you want to know how I'm all about, the book's the best way because it is our 15-year journey. I introduce, you know, my wife and daughter in the book uh, slightly. Uh, it is one team that, that does it together. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it is absolutely possible. If you're thinking that rental properties is a way to create wealth and freedom, it absolutely is. I would tell you that most people can change their life with four. If all they ever got was four, you may not be able to retire financially free, but I promise you after 20 or 30 years, your life will be much, much better. You'll have greater flexibility. So I spend most of my time trying to get people to think about four because when you talk about a hundred or you talk about 200 people lose their mind. But if we talk about four, everybody can, everybody thinks they can do four and that is so empowering. So, mm -hmm. you know, let's focus on getting people to four, right? Zero to one, one to four, four to 10. That's kind of how I daisy chain these things together. Yeah. Well, Michael, thank you again uh, so much for joining Scott and I, um, like we were saying, uh, season finale of our season two uh, for our podcast. And I know uh, we were looking forward all season to having you on um, and sharing a little bit of your story. So thank you so much again. Thanks, guys.